how might an individual know if symptoms of anxiety stem from ADHD? How can I tell the difference between an engaging interest and a lasting passion? What if your spouse is not on board with any of this? I am trying to use a GTD for task management, but I need help prioritizing. What are good ways to focus one-on-one attention with your kid when there's thousands of other things going on in your mind? Do you have any parenting advice to stay on point? ADHD Rewired, episode 205. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. ADHD Rewired's spring coaching and accountability groups will be here before you know it. And we're also going to be full before you know it. Early registration is now officially over since we filled all early registration spots a week early. Don't miss your chance to join ADHD Rewired's 12th season of coaching and accountability groups. Let me ask you something. Is your ADHD impacting your ability to live the life you want to live? I mean, really live the life you want to live. Do you feel like you're struggling with this whole adulting thing? You know, the planning and organizing and managing tasks and appointments and balancing priorities. I get it. Adulting can be hard when you have ADHD. But if you have ADHD, you don't need to adult alone. Do you know that we've helped hundreds of individuals just like you learn powerful productivity strategies that work for our brains, all while gaining increased self-awareness and self-acceptance? These groups are filled with entrepreneurs and coaches, therapists, doctors, lawyers, creatives, and other professionals, parents, grandparents, and grad students. This is so much more than just a productivity group. This is wholehearted productivity. We believe in healthy striving and letting go of productivity as a measure of our self-worth. So if you're ready for an intensive coaching experience that so many of our alum have called life-changing, I want to encourage you to take the next step. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more about the group, to see session dates and times, and to see real-time availability, and to schedule your registration interview. Registration interviews will continue to be held on Tuesdays and Thursdays through March 15th. If you're thinking about joining, then don't wait until the end of registration, because it really might be too late. These groups keep filling up quickly. Don't miss this spring season. Don't get stuck on the wait list. If you're ready to do this, then go now to coachingrewired.com. Registration is by appointment only. Reserve your time at coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. Support for this podcast comes from patrons who support us at ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. I want to thank our newest patrons this week, T. Perrin, Dominic, J. 
Jacqueline, Maria, and Saad. If you like piano music, I started posting my practice improv sessions as I said I would do as part of my theme for this year to diversify joy by scheduling joy. And I want to thank everyone who commented on the tracks I've posted so far. People like Marcel who said, thank you for leaning into vulnerability and sharing. It seems like I've been having quote, a day, end quote, a lot lately, and your music helps me find a place closer to equilibrium in the midst of it all. Thanks, Marcel, for that comment. And Elise says, okay, I'm inspired to get back to my music too. Thank you. So thank you so much. Um, so currently, at, at the time of this recording, we have 71 patrons. Our goal for the month of February is to get up to 85. If we do, we'll be doing a special patrons-only mastermind session. It's also not too late to get in for our adult study hall exclusively for patrons. They will be happening February 27th at 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 10.30 Central, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Adult Study Hall is where we work together on something we've been putting off. We're all muted, but we're on camera and we work. It's a very powerful form of accountability. Patrons at all levels will be invited. To show your support and to get access to all the exclusive content and the events, go to ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. That's ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And thanks. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. This is episode 204, but we are actually recording this on the day that episode 200 came out. So we have a kind of a celebration of sorts today, and not just because it's episode 200. Today uh, is, well, you're, if you're listening to this um, in February, last month, um, <laughs> Brendan Mahan launched ADHD Essential. So it is officially live on iTunes and anywhere else podcasts are sold for free. Yes. Go, go listen. It's amazing. No, seriously, everyone, <laughs> if you have, if you're a parent, uh, educator, yeah. um, and you want something that's kind of the same idea of ADHD rewired, but focus on issues around kids, go check out ADHD essentials. Um, right. subscribe, yeah. leave a rating and review and uh, I'm done plugging, you know, let's, uh, let's start with the Q and <laughs> I, I, I'm going to plug myself. I'm going to, I'm going to hijack. The yeah, do it. I, I, um, so, <laughs> so ADHD essentials is, is a podcast a lot like ADHD rewired. Eric's been encouraging me to do this for a while, uh, but it's aimed at families that are affected by ADHD. So it, it's aimed primarily at parents. Um, there won't be any cussing or bad words. So if your kid listens, that's okay. I will be interviewing experts on ADHD. I will be interviewing parents on ADHD and I will be interviewing teachers and educational staff about ADHD. Um, so we're trying, I'm trying to get the whole spread of both the lifestyle, the life side effect of ADHD and also the expert recommendations. Awesome. Well, I, I wish you the very best on, on that and congratulations thank again. You. Thank you again. And thank you for the guidance and the support and for kicking me in the butt when I needed to get kicked in the butt. You bet. And so if you think about, you know, I think that it was, it's, it was probably at least, I remember when we first started talking about it for real, it was, uh, um, I was 
you told me that you're ready to do this right around the time that I realized that we were going to be moving. So it was like, we had been talking about it sort of informally, yeah, kind moving, of yeah. casually. And so it's like, okay, I, I've been wanting to, to, for you to do this. And I want to wanting to support you on this. And it was like, and I knew that you were going to obviously need, need uh, my help with this. And it was like at the worst possible time for me. Was, um, and, and my favorite part of that whole thing is that, I only brought it up to you because you had brought it up to me like two weeks prior. You had been like, do you, can we do something together? Like, I want to, like, you need to launch a pod. Like you, for, I don't know, some, you got to be in your bonnet and you wanted to like, you were like, I have to make Brennan do ADHD work. Like for real, he's got to, and I want to be working with him. And then I called you two weeks later and you were like, what? And I was like, all right, cool. Eric had like an impulsive moment and then forgot all about it. And now I just totally put him, put his feet to the fire without even knowing I was doing it. <laughs> well, I think it was more of a timing issue. I think it was a, cause I didn't know that we were going to be moving until, uh, uh, beginning of March of last oh, okay. year. So it, was, it had to be around that time. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. But I was, I was like floored. All right. So we, uh, should we get to some of these questions? Yes. The people hate it when we banter. Oh yeah, there's people here that want me. I say we have 36 people here, um, and I don't know how many are on Facebook because I'm not watching Facebook. Um, but if you are watching Facebook, come to ADHDRewired.com/events so you can join us here live. All right. So first question comes from Sarah, and she says, uh, "You you're always saying that it, it is essential for people with ADHD to love what they do." Um, their job uh, as someone with ADHD, I'm interested in a lot of things. How can I tell the difference between an engaging interest and a lasting passion? It's a good question. So, uh, Sarah, first of all, thank you for the question. Um, I think that something that's really uh, common amongst people with ADHD is we tend to have a lot of interests, um, and. So I think that, you know, there's this idea of, you know, find what you love to do and then figure out how to make money doing it. But then there's the, that, uh, that, that challenge of, okay, like I have so many interests, like how do I pick one? And I think part of this might be, and I wonder, uh, Sarah, if part of it is, are you concerned that you're going to like pick the wrong one? So is it like a, a fear of making the wrong decision um, or the fear of missing out of the other decisions that you're not making to, to really pursue? Um, you know, I think whatever your, your interests are, if you're trying to pursue it as a, um, a career path, um, you know, if there's say five different things that, that you really like, I mean, I would, the idea of doing a pro and con list, I actually really support that idea, but I wouldn't do just a basic like pro and con cause it's not all things are equal. Um, so take each idea that you have and make a pro for that idea and a con for that idea and then weight them so you can do a, out of five or out of 10 um, for each for each uh, item that you add under each category. Then do the flip side of that decision saying the pro of not going down that path and the con of not going down that path. Now you might seem like it's just like saying the same thing in a different way, but you may discover that there are some different things that, that come out of doing that. Um, and by doing it in a weighted system, you can actually come up with a, yes, it's a, it's a crude way to do it, but it's a more, um, you'll get more information on a, in a calculated um, analytical way when you kind of uh, do a weighted pro-con list. Now, 
another thought around this too is, you know, when we have multiple options, multiple areas where we can go down is to make a decision and then make that the right decision, right? It's it, We're not going to know until we do it that it's the right decision. And the other, I think, big thing to, to think about is that we're talking about maybe two to five years of your life, right? If you want to change what you're doing after that, like you certainly can, right? So um, I know it's not a, a, it's not a black and white answer because it's not an easy thing. Um, and there's a really good TED talk about um, the called multi-potentialite. I don't know who um, who did it, but I know that if you just search TED for multi-potentialite, um, it's sort of this whole idea is that that um, we can have more than one calling or we can have more than one um, area and passion that we pursue. Um, so I think, you know, analyze it on paper. Yep. Yeah. And and if I can throw a couple of things. Please do. Real quick. Um, Anything to get me to stop talking. Ba- basic <laughs> at its most basic, because I, I do career stuff every now and then with folks. And I always say to them, figure out what you're good at. Like, what do you, what do you do well? What do you like to do? Because that's not always the same thing. Good point. Right. And what can make you money? And in the middle of that Venn diagram mm-hmm. is where you want to target. So it's possible that you have some engaging distractions. Engaging distractions often don't make much money. So that's nice to have, but it's not where you want to target. And then the other component to this is when you've got a whole bunch of different things that you like to do or a whole bunch of different things that you've done, what you have is a skill stack. And I think this came up last month too. You have a stack of skills that you are good at, that you are able to do that not everybody can do. And so you want to take that skill stack and figure out what is that, where is that pointing me? What can I do with this? Or how does this make me different than the other people who are going after the type of job or career that I'm going after? That's where that diversity comes in handy because it, yeah, okay, you want to be, um, let, let's say you want to be a trainer, right? You want to you be someone who trains people. And that's great. You, you've got the chops to speak in front of a group and all that stuff. But if you also have strong computer skills, now you look better than some of those other folks who are looking to train because you have this different skill set. Yeah, that's good. I don't think I have anything to add to that. Cool. All right. I'm going to go next to the, um, the questions that were submitted ahead of time. I want to, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Trey's question. And uh, Trey asked, um, I love these kind of questions. Um, what is the best prioritization system currently? I am trying to use a GTD for task management, management, but I need help prioritizing. Brendan, take it from me. I like there isn't one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so pay attention to how you're prioritizing. There's like a root cause of this that's not necessarily where he wants me to go. Um, but. Are you prioritizing based on emergencies or are you based prioritizing based on what's most important? And what you want to do is, and it might take a little while, you want to get to the point where you're recognizing that you're prioritizing by emergency, which is probably what's happening. Position yourself so that you, so that you no longer have to prioritize by emergency and then start to prioritize by importance. And also recognize that someone else's priorities are always going to try to over supersede yours and they will invariably throw their emergency at you 
as though it should be your priority. And I think this has become such a like a way that people just operate in the world now. And it's it's kind of messed up. Right. And it's just sort of this expectation of the, the always on kind of world that we live in. And I think that priority, you know, this idea and we, I know I've we've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating. You know, it wasn't until I think the when computers started uh, having the ability to, to actually do multitasking. Right. Where we we pluralized the word priority. Right. I think it wasn't until the 19 maybe 50s ish. Give me plus or minus 20 years, probably um, that uh, priority didn't have a plural form. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Um, and so- I'm the English guy. I didn't even know this. <laughs> Um, and for all I know, this is like like folklore that I've heard on other podcasts, and there's like no truth to it. But this is what I've heard. You know, <laughs> you know those things that we, everyone just keeps repeating because it's whatever other people are saying. Um, so I haven't actually cited the the I haven't done my own investigatory research on this. Maybe you want to do that, Brendan, as an English guy, um, Why or not? or not. Um, but one of the things for me that that has really been critical to really helping me with uh, what's most important to me is the idea of block scheduling. And so block scheduling is where I am looking at my calendar and I am carving out and blocking anything else from happening that is not what my priority is. I mean, so we're now recording this on the day the 200th episode of the podcast is released. Like that doesn't happen without prioritizing, right? Um, so there is no best system what my, you know, if I look at my whole productivity um, uh, system as a whole, it's borrowing from a lot of different components, a lot of trial and error, a lot of tweaking. Um, you know, so there are things that I like about GTD, like the idea of get things out of your head. Like I couldn't agree more with that. But I also think that there are things that aren't really realistic for most people with ADHD. Like the idea, if it'll just take you two minutes, do it now. Brendan, I don't know about you, but nothing takes me two minutes. No. Well, I microwave things. And then you forget about it and have to reheat it <laughs> three times. Because like just waiting in front of the microwave and not doing something else during those two minutes, you know, that's like hard to imagine. Sometimes I'm amazed at how long two minutes is when I microwave stuff. And sometimes I'm amazed at how fast it is. It's never the same two minutes. Sometimes I, I will, uh, if it's at nighttime and, and my wife and son are sleeping, um, I don't think they can hear the beeping of the microwave, but I sort of assume that they might be able to. So if I had something quick I need to do, I'll like, if I'm warming up, so I have a, I have a little uh, habit of having a warm glass of milk in the evening. You can all laugh now. Um, With some honey in it? I like it. Uh, what's that? With some honey in it? You know, I don't do the honey, but I do I do like the dip grime crackers in my uh, in my warm milk. Um, probably not the healthiest thing, but it's it's <laughs> what I do right now. Um, so if I have to like, there's something I wanted to go put away in the basement. I'll like start the microwave, and then it's like it's a it's a engineer urgency, right? Sometimes I make it, sometimes I don't. Cool. <laughs> All right. What's was, this was a question about prioritization, and now we're talking about like um, engineering we're urgency talking about graham crackers. and graham crackers, <laughs> right? So, well, what's what's next? All right, I want to do this one. It's a pre-generated one from earlier. I lack the motivation to keep going. <laughs> Solutions? Question mark. I start off great, then I slip, and it is so hard to come back to whatever it is. Welcome to the wall of awful. <laughs> That's what that is. Take it away, right? Brendan. That is. Um, 
an emotional barrier to continuing with that task. You start it, you're excited, it's new, it's different, and then eventually it becomes not new and different anymore and you lose some track of it. Or you start it and it's new and different and interesting and then it gets hard and you're like, oh, I was all excited to launch a podcast, but this editing stuff is hard. And now I'm slogged in the mire and I don't want to do it anymore. And so you, you know, you write some talks and workshops instead and you get some new clients, but that's the wall of awful. That's it's that emotional barrier to stuff that is hard, stuff that is challenging to you. And then you'll put it to the side and now there's guilt because you haven't done anything with it for a little while and you have to get through the guilt or the shame and it's, it's emotional hard work and you have to change your emotional state to get that motivation. I recommend music. Yeah. Music is a good activator. Yep. You know, and I think too, uh, part of, of what this question, if I can um, kind of extrapolate a little bit, when we talk about, you know, having the motivation and then not, we could pull back on that and say, you know, it's, it's, we're looking at consistency or inconsistency, which we know is a huge part of, you know, this ADHD spectrum, right? right. We know that it's, it's consistently inconsistent. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, myself included, you know, it's, we're sometimes kind of baffled by why is it that there are certain times where I'm like getting all the things that I need to get done and some of the other things too. And there's certain tasks that while I might not like doing, don't feel like super effortful. Then there are other times where that task that isn't hard in the nature of the task, but like there is nothing in this world that can get me to do it at that moment. Right. And it's like, so that variation can be really frustrating. And I think one of the things uh, that I know that I ask myself is, all right, what's what's been going on in my life? Um, am I taking am I uh, where am I at with self-care? Where am I at with with stress? Where am I at with work? Do I need to, uh, to break? Am I working too much? And how, how's my sleep? Am I exercising? So these are all questions that I ask myself to say, what's different now that wasn't before, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's also assuming too. Um, I mean, that's just for me. I mean, there could also be other, uh, uh, factors as well. Um, we know that, that, uh, ADHD can also coexist with other mood disorders. Right. Um, you know, so I'm answering this question in a, in a more general way. Um, but yeah, I think that the, when we look at what drives inconsistency, I think it has to do with how we're managing our energy. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, And for me, sleep is a huge thing. Part of that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sleep, sleep, diet, and exercise are huge. And also relationships, right? Friends, colleagues, that, that stuff's going to help you get that motivation up too. Um, And there's also, you said it's a thing that happens, right? Like it's a part of ADHD. Sometimes when I hit those moments where I'm like, Oh, I just don't want to, I can get through it. And this is counterintuitive but I can get through it by reminding myself that that's supposed to happen. Right. Like sometimes I'm like, no, I have ADHD. This is supposed to happen. Mm. And then what would have been like an all day, not doing anything becomes a five minute, not doing anything. And now I'm like, Oh, it's supposed to happen, but that means it doesn't have to happen. And I can, I'm going to go ahead and do whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing. That being said, I'm sure that there are days where it's, you can use every strategy in the book and, the days oh, of yeah. wash is you know, to use your phrase, the ADHD one. Yeah, absolutely. The ADHD wins that happens to everybody, regardless yeah. of how amazing they are. What do we have for our next question? <laughs> this one is super wonderful and vague. 
What if your spouse is not on board with any of this? Push them overboard. (laughs) (laughs) That's so hard. And my, and like it, when I hear that, like my heart kind of breaks, right? I mean, it's because I think the thing that, um, I mean, I think for me, the core of why I do this podcast and why I do the coaching groups is because I went the first half of my life not knowing I had ADHD and therefore not understanding why I had the struggles that I did. And so that importance of being understood mm-hmm. and it is just, it's, it's everything to me. I mean, I think that there's nothing more important than being understood and, and people accepting like that the struggle that you're having is a real legitimate struggle when if someone were to say that, like, no, I don't believe in ADHD and you're having these struggles, it's it's just so disvalidating. It's uh, so I'm, I'm sorry that that's the, the experience you're having with your spouse. Um, you know, and go ahead. Yeah. Um, social proof. You want to find a way to provide social proof for what you're going through to your spouse. Podcasts are a great way to do that. If you if you can be driving somewhere and throw on ADHD Rewired or ADHD Essentials, that might work. Also, uh, Rick Green has a video. I'm forgetting the name of it. Total, um, ADHD, ADD totally and loving ADHD. It. ADHD and loving it. Yeah. ADD and loving it. Yeah, and then ADD he also has ADHD, ADD and mastering it. Right. So those I think might even like I they show up on PBS sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think it might be on some streaming services too. So that might be a way, you know, like, hey, can, just, can we just watch this? I want to see what it is. Like, act like you're being curious, you know, like, I just want to see what it is. Not that you're trying to, I want, let's watch this. So you understand what ADHD is and what I'm going through. Just, you know, I have it. Like, I just want to see what this is. Can throw it on and watch it. Or, or you, you know, next go time he's going to be sitting. Together. Next time he's going to be sitting in front of the the TV. Um, turn it on and then take the batteries out of the remote. <laughs> I I was being a little more gentle, but yes, that's a choice. <laughs> um, you know, serve sort, sort his favorite beverage. Um, you know, the one thing that I would probably not do because I've I've heard a lot of people try this and they've never had good results on this. Don't say read this book. Like it's not going to happen, right? Like. I mean, I would say that it's very unlikely that it's going to happen if like maybe a short article. But again, I think videos are probably the best way to go because we we all tend to get more engaged into videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't send articles because you're that's like, hey, will you do some work to figure out this thing that you don't even want to deal with? Right. Like, that's not a plan. It would be like someone asking me to like, I don't know, read scripture. Uh, that's probably a bad example, but. <laughs> all of the deeply religious people just bam. i know I'm like, like help, help me help me i just dug a hole here brendan uh, they, they throw me around no, it's hard it's hard to read script because everything is printed nowadays so i understand what you're saying all right let's go to uh, the next question and just as a reminder everyone uh, if you want to join us live when you ask your question uh just put live in uh, go live in all caps uh, on there, but just to remind everyone, we are streaming on Facebook, so just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's see. And uh, yeah, totallyadd.com is the website where you can find stuff from uh, Rick Green, and they have a lot of really good stuff. Um, I saw someone also posted a link about uh, understood.org. 
um, which is a, a really good website as well. Um, yep, absolutely it is. I just saw a question of someone with the newly diagnosed, and then another one, another question came. All right. Uh, it's from Sharon. Uh, Sharon says, I'm newly diagnosed at 46 and have a 14-year-old son who was diagnosed too. I know all the facts of ADHD, but he can still distract me in seconds. Do you have any parenting advice to stay on point? ADHD dealing with ADHD, oh, ADHD dealing with ADHD. Also, do you have children with ADHD? Yes. I do have children with ADHD. This sounds like an ADHD essentials kind of question. So why don't you take yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I take this? Um, so to stay on point one, your kid is 14 years old and he can distract you. Have you had that conversation with him? Like just say, Hey, wonderful son. Sometimes you're really distracting for me and I have trouble getting back to what I was doing. So please don't do that anymore. And if you are distracting me, I'm going to say, wait a minute, or I'm going to say, hold on, you're distracting me or whatever the case may be, right? You can, you can just have a conversation in advance mm -hmm. so that he knows he's doing it because he might not know he's doing it. And then when you do say, wait, it's less harsh because you've already had a previous conversation or conversations around that. Um, so that's a thing that I would highly recommend doing. Um, and then, yeah, I do have, I, I shouldn't say, I don't know if I have kids with ADHD or not. They're not diagnosed. I have light suspicions, but now I'm not sure anymore because stuff changed. Um, but we'll see. But I can tell you that my wife used to do this to me. I was an English teacher for a while, so I would grade a hundred essays at a time. <laughs> Imagine that. That right? sounds awful. It is. I was good at it, but I did not like doing it at least the grading part. <laughs> I was good at the grading part, but I didn't have any, there was no pleasure in that for me. Um, and my wife would come over to me and read me like the headlines. There's this website called FARC that makes jokes out of headlines. And she would just read a funny headline to me. And that was it. And I would, it, it would, that 30 second experience would cost me five to 10 minutes because it would pull me out of flow. I'd lose my hyper-focus. Mm -hmm. And then I'd kind of be waiting like, okay, now what? Like, are we supposed to have a conversation? Do you, is this the bid for attention? Is this just the thing was funny? Like what, which one is it? Are, is there going to be another one? Right? Like I didn't want to start to get back into my focus and then get disrupted again. So I'd wait for a little while sometimes. And finally I realized that what I was doing was stupid and I just talked to her and I was like, look, here's the deal. Like I can't you, that 32nd experience for you is costing me 10 minutes and I'm already spending hours mm -hmm. on this. So if you interrupt me three times, I just lost a half an hour of time that I've been doing. So I don't know, write them down or wait till I take the break or something and then talk to me about it. And she was like, okay, cool. And that wasn't a problem anymore. Yeah. Now my, my wife doesn't have ADHD, so that's helpful. Um, but that conversation can go a long way. And I think it's, you know, it's kind of like, you don't want to have the talk. You got to have lots of ongoing conversations. Right. Um, yep. And, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. And I think also try to use humor as much as possible because it's disarming if it, you know, cause if you, it's understandably frustrating when you get interrupted and you, and your whole, you know, train of thought gets lost. Um, but if you respond in an aggravated way, it's not going to help the situation. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe coming up with some uh, predetermined sort of like signals or codes or something where it's like something that's easy to just execute as a way to say like, 
hang on, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't don't disrupt my thoughts right now. Something that I do, um, and and to answer the question, uh, uh, do I have kids with with ADHD, um, among other things? Um, so one of the things that I do when I'm home and if I need to be uh, concentrating on something, um, I have my my noise canceling headphones on because um, that is is been really clutch for me for for concentrating. Like I cannot make a phone call if anybody else is around and might potentially talk like my, my brain just like won't it'll just go wah, 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 and then it, it, I get this irrationally frustrated um you know and so it's like I have to go like hide somewhere in my house if I have to make a phone call or I'll just like go in my car to make the call um so yeah no I totally understand uh how how challenging that is just you know so have those ongoing conversations um and maybe even ask your son like you know, what kinds of things are frustrating for you when you get interrupted? Like, what would you like me to do um, if I see that you're busy, but I need your attention for, you know, for something? Um, what's going to be the best way that's going to support you the most? Um, and so kind of dialogue around that. And, and uh, we come up with a, a, a uh, idea for a solution. Keep in mind, that's just a hypothesis. You got to test it and then you got to revisit it. Right. All right. Absolutely. So what I think we should do really quickly is take a quick break. And uh, and when we come back, um, I want to start off by uh, um, sharing something that I saw on uh, on YouTube that shows why um, splitting or shifting your attention and multitasking is kills your productivity. So we will be right back. If you are catching this on the morning it came out, it's a live Q&A day. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events to join us live. We do it every second Tuesday of the month. Again, the website, ADHDrewired.com slash events. The secret ADHD Rewired community on Facebook is getting ready to process our next batch of members. We're now planning on processing and admitting new members on or around the 15th of each month. To apply to be a member, go to ADHDrewired.com slash community and complete the application there where you can tell us about yourself. We all have a story and I'd love to help you tell yours. I'm looking for guests and want to talk to you. If you have access to high-speed internet, schedule a 15-minute pre-interview call at ADHDrewired.com or just click on the podcast image at the homepage. Scroll about halfway down and click on the button that says be a guest or just click on the show notes on your podcast app. There should be a link there. Also, if you are a mental health professional and you happen to specialize in the role of PTSD on ADHD, please schedule a pre-interview. I would really like to talk to you about being a guest on the show. Also, if you happen to live in the Chicagoland area and are interested in being a guest and recording a conversation in studio in Glenview, Illinois, I'd like to invite you to schedule a pre-interview as well at my website. Did you miss last week's ADHD Women's Palooza? Don't fret. They recorded all the 33 sessions on audio and video, and they are available for purchase. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash palooza so they know that I sent you. That's ADHDrewired.com slash palooza. That's P-A-L-O-O-Z-A. And we are back. 
Um, right before break, I was uh, um, telling you that I saw a cool video. Um, it was actually a video. I think it was on. I was looking at some stuff around the book, The One Thing, uh, that I was sharing with uh, um, my coaching groups. And this, uh, I came across this video that showed why um, multitasking just kills our productivity. All right. So, Brendan, I have a, I have a stopwatch here. Um, let me kind of cue it up here. Um, what I'm going to ask you to do is, uh, is basically as quickly as you can um, count from zero to five when I say go. Okay. Ready, set, go. Zero, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so you look like point two seconds. I'm not sure how responsive my timer was, but let's just go with with that. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. I don't know. Now I want you to do the same thing, counting to G. That's not the right word, is it? Counting to G. What's like the alphabet? From yeah. A to G? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? When you hear the beep, ready, set, go. A B C D E F G. Okay. Oh, it was two seconds. Okay. Yeah. So two seconds on, on each. Okay. Now what I want you to do. So we should assume then that going from A to A to G and zero to five should take four seconds. Here's what I would like you to do. Right. Uh-huh. I would like you to alternate. So count up to five and to G. So like A1, blah, blah, blah. Ready? Right. Okay. Set. Go. Zero A, one B, two C, three D, four E, five G. No, five F. Five F, six G. I stopped you early. You're more letters than numbers. <laughs> okay. Or should I have gone A zero one, A zero B one? Is that how I was supposed to go? Maybe. Either way, it was 11 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, and clearly a lot harder to do. And that's every Absolutely. time we shift our, our um, attention from one task to something else and then go back to something, like we are killing our productivity because it takes mm-hmm. our brain longer to shift between things we're working on. Yes. Yeah. Let's answer another question. Does anybody want to go live, by the way? Not that I'm seeing. I had a question, someone, I answered it, but I'm going to mention it. Okay. Someone asked me about uh, more information on the wall of awful Mm -hmm. and if they can find it. So do you mind if I share verbally where they can find that on the internet? On the internets? Yes. On the Googles? On the Googles. You can go to ADHDessentials.com slash essentials slash the hyphen wall hyphen of hyphen awful dude you gotta get get like a shorter link for that that's um because nobody heard that and is going to remember what you just said um so there's too many hashes and slashes and 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 uh, you can just google the wall of awful too yeah um there's also um i know that i think you've updated some of the things on it but uh we had a whole episode where brendan was on uh my podcast so if you just go to adhdrewired.com and just search wall of awful You'll find that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And just go to the wall of awful.com. All sort right. Of works. It's a little yucky. Terry. Oh, let's ask this one because I, this is a, uh, a topic that, that I struggle with too. Uh, tips on getting to bed on time once ADHD meds uh, wore off for sleep, resulting in lack of focus to get ready for bed. Now, Brendan is one of the few people I know who have ADHD 
who is like, I mean, talk about block scheduling. He blocks, he blocks everybody after a certain time and he goes to bed. Like, so I'm always kind of envious of, of Brendan that he can pull that one off. Um, so, I mean, I could share some of the things that have worked a little bit here and there, but I ha- it's not a skill that I have fully mastered or, yeah. So, um, Brendan, what, what do you got on this? So, my sleep hygiene practices um, involve not looking at a computer screen. So, because um, sometimes I have to. Mm-hmm. And if I look at a computer screen for more than, say, 10 minutes it nerfs my ability to go to sleep. It mm. just kills it. So um, I do not look at a computer screen after like seven or eight o'clock at night. How do you, how do you enforce that with yourself? I do other stuff mostly. Okay. Um, so I, um, so our, like, I'll, let me back up a little bit further at six o'clock in my house we stop looking at screens because I have eight-year-old sons who go to bed at 8.30. So screens are done at six. Done for them because it's two hours before their bedtime. Done for us as parents because we want to role model that. Um, And then once they're in bed, my wife and I might watch TV together for a while and then go to bed or we might read together or something. But, um, But so we have like a screens are off in general, right? And then we move on to uh, if we have if my wife or i have some work to do we might be looking at a screen a little bit longer than that for the most part we don't usually if i'm even if i have to do work i tend to if it like i have to communicate with people which is the only kind of work i'm going to do at that hour it's usually on my phone because i find that that doesn't wake me up as much and i can go to sleep better so i'm communicating with email or with um facebook messenger or something and do, you, like that. do you use like the, the um the light filter or the nighttime mode Yep, I do. Yeah. And one of the things that I actually started doing again, I kind of fell out of the habit, was uh, wearing those uh, yellow uh, glasses, um, mm-hmm. which I look so cool in them. And by cool, I mean such a nerd. Um, and uh, But it does help. And, and I think the 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 thing is two ways that it helps. One, it blocks the blue light, that which uh, um, is thought to block the, the production of melatonin. But the other mm-hmm. way that I think it helps is that you have this reminder sitting on your face that has to do with sleep, yep. right? Yep. And and dim your lights in your house. That's like Thomas Edison messed us all up, man. Because <laughs> we used to know it's dark, you go to sleep. And then Thomas Edison was like, let's make it bright and light all the time. Um, jerk. And so that like that's another strategy, dim the lights. Don't eat. Like if if you're starving, have something to eat, but but I try to avoid eating late at night. Every I'm now and then I had a bowl of raisin. I had a bowl of raisin bran last night, mm-hmm. but for the most part, for the most part, I'm not really eating yeah. after like seven. And then I, if I'm really struggling to fall asleep, I might put my pajamas on a little earlier because it's just like a relaxing process. I have a weighted blanket that I actually bought nice. for my son that worked to get him to sleep and then he didn't want to use it anymore. So I was like me. Nice. And I use that every now and then. Um, I pay attention to, brushing my teeth which is probably the most yeah, and i saw that that a cat uh cat's here and she, yeah, she mentioned yep. the uh so talk about that so i realized that minty toothpaste woke me up 
And I, so I was, at first I was like, I'll just have to brush my teeth earlier. Cause it used to be right before I went to bed, I would brush my teeth. And then I have this like minty fresh mouth and I'm like, wee, and I'm not sleeping. Um, but I tried using my kid's toothbrush, toothpaste, cause it's like bubble gum and not that exciting. It's like a sweet little thing and it goes away. So I, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I brush my teeth with my kid's toothpaste, but it's, you know. And I think the, the important thing to kind of think about is um, pay attention to the things that you're doing and how it impacts you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know, try to get support where you need it. I know one of the things that um, I've, I've mentioned uh, many times on the podcast is um, and it doesn't always work for me to get the lights out, but it can help with me getting up to my room or getting home is uh, I'll have my wife set the alarm clock and I have to be there so it doesn't go off. Right. So it's basically cool. like I have to, I'm like, a, it's like bomb squad, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's going to go off and it's going to wake my, my wife and son and I'll be in the doghouse because I don't want to wake my wife and son. That would be very, very bad. Um, yeah. And it helps. And speaking of our friend Kat, one of the things I said to her, because I, I was like, how do you go to bed? Right. I, we had a whole conversation about this one time. And she said that one of the last things she did was wash her face. And I was like, don't do that. Don't wash your face. Wash your face earlier because washing your face is so alerting. It it wakes you up. I don't often do this, but I, at times where I've taken like a a shower at night and I have like the the lights in the bathroom really low, like I'm like falling asleep in the bathroom. Like, so that's a different animal though. Okay. Okay. That's it. Cause what that's doing, this is like stuff that I've researched. What happens when you take a shower is you take a warm shower, right? So your body temperature raises, but then when you step out of the shower, your body temperature immediately starts to decrease. And that decrease of body temperature triggers a relaxation response. And so then you're going into bed and that relaxation Hmm. response gets to continue. But washing your face is just your face. And just think about movies, right? Someone's trying to wake up. Someone has a realization. There's always that water to the face thing. That's what that does. You know, and the, um, one of the things I'm doing right now is using the power of accountability where I'm sharing with uh, my team what time I want to have my lights out by. And so then I share uh, in the morning my uh, a screenshot from my sleep cycle app. Um, and that's, you know, leading by example is something that's, that ha- like really motivates me. Um, and so you have to kind of find all, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of these things that there's not at one single simple answer. It is a, a, it's probably been my biggest ADHD challenge um, is, is really getting myself to just stop what I'm doing in the evening. Um, I just listened to a book called rest that really was making me rethink just the way I even work. Are you familiar with this book? No. Are you responding to something in the chat? I thought you were going to go a totally different way. What were you going to say? I just got done listening to a book called rest that really helped me go to sleep. Cause that's like a, I, I, I kind of see what you happen. did there, but it was, um, <laughs> we have a go live. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, uh, it's a way to go. Um, it had to do with something that I really don't know anything about. So let's answer it. Let's promote David to a panelist so I can answer the question that I don't know anything about. Um, let's see. I'm looking forward. I hate it when that happens. David, um, I, here we go. And hopefully you are in a, um, a quiet background. Hey. Hey, David. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing well. Thanks. Congratulations on the 200 episodes. That's fantastic. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Tell us your question. Okay. So, um, 
really, it's just a, a thank you initially. Um, back around episode 82, you interviewed a guy named uh, Carl Pills about mm-hmm. um, how you can use diet to uh, treat ADHD. Uh, and I've been having trouble finding a medication that works properly. And so I went and binged on his podcast, uh, which was um, interesting choice of words. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) not intended, but thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, uh, But yeah, so I I, I really took in all of his uh, podcast and he was promoting a ketogenic diet, which is like a high fat diet. Mm -hmm. And but he capped the number of episodes in his podcast. So I did started researching other resources, found other podcasts, dealing with it. It's really becoming quite a popular movement. And I found a number of other people in, in the ketogenic community who are using this to treat their ADHD. And so I've been trying to reach out and see if there are others who are using it, or if there's other re- you know, more research out there. Uh, just wondered if you'd, you'd come across any further research or if you'd, you'd heard anything further about it. Yeah, well, thank you for the question. Um, I think I just want, want to just clarify that, you know, diet does, is not something that is used to treat ADHD. It may help manage ADHD symptoms, though. Um, and that might sound like splitting hairs, but I do think it's an important uh, uh, distinction. You know, because it's just like for anybody, if we eat crap, we're going to feel like crap. Right. If we eat food that our body and brain respond well to, we're going to feel better. So this is true for everybody. But I think it's especially true for people with ADHD because we, you know, our our highs and lows tend to be higher and lower. Right. So um, I think like a lot of things that we do to manage our ADHD, it requires experimentation. Um, you know, I, I mentioned uh, uh, I haven't really talked about diet in quite some time. But I know for me, high protein, uh, low carb is, is works pretty well for me. Um, and I discovered that after you know reading a, a book where they're talking about uh, talking about this, and um, so I did an experiment, and it was a noticeable enough difference where I have kept it up. Um, and I used to eat like really healthy, non-sugared cereal in the morning, and I would fall asleep. Um, and it was the carbs, right? And uh, so when I added protein, I found that very, very helpful. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not an expert in the area of, of diet and nutrition, um, uh, for, for ADHD. Um, I think, you know, go with what feels right to your body, try different things. And I would just avoid anything that sounds extreme. And it, it can sound extreme because, you know, it basically turns conventional wisdom on, on diet on its head. Uh, but it, it's extremely effective. I've, I've lost over 60 pounds in nine months and I've had, when I stick to the diet, the medication works better. And when I go off the diet, like I cheated quite a bit over the ho- uh, Christmas holidays, I find that the next, you know, 12 to 24 hours or maybe a little bit more, I find that the medication isn't quite as effective. So I think it really does work quite well. I saw a number of comments come through as we were talking there that there are others who are using it. But you do have a a request for people to come on the show if you're asking for people to come on for interviews. I thought maybe if you're interested, there there are a number of people in the ketogenic community. Um, Keto Talk with the Doc, I think, is with uh, one of Jimmy Moore's podcasts. He's had two docs on there, and both of them say that they recommend this uh, diet for people with ADHD, not as a uh, medication sub, uh, 
replacement, but to supplement, as you were saying, uh, to, you know, as, so. Awesome. Just, well, do, uh, do me a favor, David, uh, send me an email with uh, any of that information and I can, uh, and I can take a look at it. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, try and do that. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Where, where are you from, by the way? Uh, I'm from Ontario, Canada. I'm, you might remember me I'm, uh, from my introduction. I'm the guy that lives on a sailboat up in Toronto. You did look so. familiar, but I was like not trusting my brain with that because, you know, I don't, I don't remember faces so well. Yeah, no, I, I got on live once before, but I was not exactly in a quiet location. So it wasn't, wasn't the most conducive to, to airtime, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> a quiet location today. So All right. Well, thank you so much, David. Let's uh, see if we can get to some more questions here. I got one. Yep. So this question says, what are good ways to focus one-on-one attention with your kid when there's thousands of other way, other things going on in your mind? I see other parents sitting on the floor playing blocks with their toddlers for hours on end. That hurts my brain. Just thinking about it. That's hard. Let's start there. Let's start with the fact that it's hard. Um, And then, and I just want you to know that I could relate to what that question is asking very much. Oh yeah. So can I, so can I. Um, there's a few ways, um, to, to address this one is with the kids and one is without the kids. So I'm going to start with the without the kids thing, which is just an exercise that I do when I go on errands. Um, I leave my phone in the car and it's like a practice for not doing anything like not, I, I often feel the pull of the phone, but it's in the car. So it doesn't matter. Um, and it's, it's almost like a mindfulness technique to help me sort of steer my attention towards, towards what I want, where I want to be. Um, and I'm just like, I'm in line. Like that's what I'm doing right now is I'm being in line. The other thing you can do is pay attention to what activities put you all there. What activities make you be all there and mindful of what's going on and what activities tend to leave you distracted and thinking about all the other things and also pay attention to what role physicality plays in that. Right. Like I'm assuming this parent has a toddler because they mentioned toddlers. And I'm wondering if you're sitting across from your toddler playing blocks, is that really distracting and your brain is going all over the place? But what happens if your toddler sits in your lap while you're playing blocks? How does that affect your attention? Does that zone you in and bring you in into the moment? Um, with my guys, if we're wrestling and that kind of stuff, I'm all there. Yeah. But if, if we're goofing and doing something that like, if they're, Hey dad, look at this iPad game. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great. I could, I uh, have other things I have to do. Yeah. Like that's, um, so pay attention to what, what it is. And, but also be mindful that for them, that iPad game that you are not interested in at all is so incredibly important. It It's no different than if you, went up to your wife and were like, Hey, I just had this really amazing thing happen at work and she blew you off. Like, that's what you're doing to your kid. You know what I mean? Like that iPad game is their really good day at work. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to try to look at it from their perspective and then think about what that means and how you should um, respond as a result, because all of their stuff that seems not that important, they're a kid. It is that important to them because that's what their world is made up of. And, and I wanted to add to that too, um, that message, I think that while that might be hard to hear, um, even listening to that, Brendan, you know, it's like, I know that that's right. And it's hard to hear because I also know that I'm not always fully present. And I know that I work more than um, I would really like. I mean, I, I love my job, which is can be a problem. You have ADHD because then you don't balance as well. 
Um, and so something that, I mean, when I really think about, um, you know, the, when I'm not home often and I'm working and I go, you know, sometimes weeks where I don't see my son in the evening at all. Like um, I, I see him in the morning um, and where I feel this, almost the sense of like powerlessness to leave work sometimes, like it, it breaks my heart. I mean, it's something that really, uh, I really struggle with. Um, and is, is, is very frustrating. And it, it's, it's something that I really want to, uh, to improve on. One of the things that I think helps, um, you know, I think move the needle a bit is I often think about what is it like, how do I want my son to like, what's the memories that I want to help create for when he's older? Like how, how do I want him to look back on um, me as a dad? And I was when, uh, when he was younger and what is he going to think that I was always working or is he going to um, have memories of me being around? And so, um, you know, I, I think if I, if I'm being really honest, if I continue exactly the way I'm doing things right now, you know, the memories in me that I was always working and that, you know, I talk about this much more, you're going to start seeing me cry. You know, it's just, um, so I get it. It's, it's hard. I mean, one of the strategies that actually have, uh, my, my wife gave me the green light to do this, um, is just to uh, get an Uber to and from work and schedule it. Like, yes, I have a car, but if I That's schedule awesome. the Uber, like, you know, there's now somebody waiting for me in front of my office and I have to go get in the car. That's awesome. So I haven't done it that yet, but it's, you know, it, it, and my wife's awesome. I mean, she's so flexible with, with my work. And sometimes it's like, you know, I sometimes think she lets me off the hook too easily, but I also know if she gave me a lot of like, you know, uh, crap for it, I would, I probably wouldn't help either. Right. So, um, you know, just keep, keep trying different things, uh, have, have compassion for yourself. Um, try not to be so hard on yourself. Um, but keep working on it because it's it's worth the struggle. And just because this has come up a few times as a question, not really an ADHD question, mm -hmm. but um, the ADHD Essentials podcast, which is going to address topics just like this, is aimed at parents of kids with ADHD. It's not aimed at kids. It's not like I want... It's not a, the plan is not that children are listening to this podcast and loving every minute of it. That's that's they, our next podcast that um, right. Yeah, that, they, yeah. They're gonna get bored. Like it's just gonna happen because it's people telling stories about their kids and people talking about brain stuff, and that's not that exciting for a ten year old. So it's it's aimed at parents, but it's about kids. Yeah. Um, there was a question about um, that came in uh, earlier about uh, stopping taking Adderall and um, can I function without it? This person is a university student um, and wanted to know if they can, uh, how do you function without taking Adderall? Um, like if I know, I don't function without Adderall. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I made this, this um, kind of this meme thing a while back where I said, uh, it was like, thanks Adderall for, for helping me do the things that normal people make look easy. Right. Right. Like, so for me, like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a business without Adderall. Like I don't like everything that I've done in my adult life. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for us. So my question, I guess, for anyone who is uh, wanting to get off medication, is it because there's some kind of side effect that you're not liking? Or is it because you don't like the idea of you being on medication? Because um, if it's the latter, 
that is that's a solvable issue, right? Because um, that's there's no shame in being on medication, right? Um, and so it's like if you wear glasses, are you gonna try harder to see, or are you gonna put on glasses, right? Uh, medication is like glasses for your brain. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really good uh, uh, book series. Uh, your brain needs glasses, then your brain still needs glasses, which is the one for adults. <laughs> I know that you you are getting near your time. Uh, I stop. am, um, and I just want to throw this out there really quick. There's been a whole lot of wall of awful talk, sort of in the sidebar stuff. I don't know if you've been noticing that or not. A little bit. So I um, I cannot address that right now, but I will. Um, I'll throw together a webinar. <laughs> So, uh, um, you know, point. because we are the most David's focused back. people and David keep popping back in not, is not distracting us at all. Um, and by by not distracting, I mean, totally distracting. So I'm not really sure why. Let's see. Oh, wait. Change role to attendee. There we go. I hit now. I think I hit the right button. Um, we, we love you, David. And we love everyone who's who's here and uh, hopping on to ask questions. Your turn is over, though. Go to the end of the line. <laughs> All right. Um, let's attempt a, a lightning round and see if we can do like fast answers, which is always like, I don't know if we ever stick with that approach, but let's try it. Yeah, I'm down with that. Okay. How might an individual know if symptoms of anxiety stem from ADHD so that addressing ADHD can help resolve anxiety? Question mark. Yeah, I think that that's something that... Um, I, mean, I would I would encourage you to talk to a, a licensed mental health professional um, to weed those things out because there are you know if we look at this symptom in isolation um, there it's it can be hard to weed that out I think it, it takes a, a trained professional to really be able to um, uh, identify that now uh, generally speaking though if you've had ADHD diagnosed for a while and you know kind of what your baseline symptoms are and then you suddenly start having these newer symptoms, uh, especially related to physiological uh, components of anxiety, um, that might be a little bit easier to identify, um, you know, like racing heart, uh, shortness of breath, uh, sweaty palms, maybe. Um, uh, so, but I would definitely think if, if it's something that's new, I would talk to a, a therapist um, and, and see about uh, g- getting an accurate diagnosis there. The slow lightning. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, there's these are all really long, so I'm like, I just want something fast. Um, any input about how to build a recovery behavior after slipping up? For example, mm-hmm. I failed to use my planner and checklist. It gets late in it gets late in the day, and I give up on the day. Yep, oh, I, I love this question. All right, let me try to answer this quickly. Um, we have a catchphrase for it. I made it up. Okay. So sometimes the, the ADHD wins. Yeah. So there's that. The other thing is, you know, we, we folk, we spend so much time, I think, talking about trying to be more consistent. And what I would say is forget about consistency, focus on resiliency, meaning you are going to get knocked down from doing your planning, from whatever good management behaviors that you are engaged in. The moment you recognize that you've been off the horse, say, okay, I'm off the horse. What's the first step to get back on? Letting go of the time lost because you can't do anything about that, knowing that's part of the ADHD. So when you focus on resiliency, when you focus on, all right, I just got knocked down. I just fell off my game. I got to get back on. First step, open the planner. Right. Not even that. There's a step before that. Accept it. For, forgive yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to have that self-compassion because you're not going to open the planner if you can't forgive yourself. All right. Next and question. That's, that's in here. Next question. Lightning round. Lightning round. Uh, same. That's the same question. 
But my, my biggest they say that lightning light. never you know you can't get struck by yeah. lightning no you can get struck by lightning you can twice you can my biggest weakness is money management every budget oh it just moved every budget app i've ever tried is either oversimplified or overwhelming any suggestions for an adhd friendly budget app hire a professional don't try to do it yourself finance like there's so much executive functioning involved in financial management um, just because somebody else can do it, don't compare yourself to that somebody else. Um, yeah, I, I would highly, highly recommend because it's not just about, it's just like with, with our productivity tools, it's not about the tools. It's about understanding the approach you're taking and why you're doing it. Yep. All right. Next question. I like this one. Help, help. Can you send me the information on this information? Absolutely. You bet. It'll be, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be in your, uh, your email, uh, inbox. Um, momentarily at, I at someone multitask. at I don't know where.com I always multitask even while watching a pod watching a podcast only partial screen so nothing is ever done very well that's a state is anyone else having this mint? issue oh, okay yeah it is a statement but it's single task you're like just I mean yeah so what is, what is the side stuff and how important is it really and can you not do that side stuff and practice, practice single tasking for five minutes if that's the best you can do and then grow from there. And if, if you have a writing task, maybe go into a room with a piece of paper that's, you know, cause it's not connected to the internet um, and do that. Yep. Just cause our brain likes the stimulation doesn't mean it's, it's actually helping us. And so it's, I think it's an important thing to not confuse. All right. What else yeah. do we got? Uh, why? Um, why do we even fight doing the dishes? I use this as an example in my talks. Go for it. There's no dopamine in doing the dishes for our brains because our brains don't make enough dopamine. So our brains are not going to waste dopamine on such a small task. So we don't get that like, ha, oh, the sink is empty moment. We don't get that relief. So there's no intrinsic motivation. That's why we don't do them. So I had a, uh, a, a old neighbor who uh, said that she actually really liked doing dishes. She found it relaxing. So I told her to come over anytime and relax. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but when, it, you know, that was a very different perspective I've ever heard about doing dishes. And so that sort of stuck with me. And so when I have that, you know, the dishes I have to do, I try to take like that mindset um, and bring a mindful awareness to mm -hmm. the activity. So I look at it as an opportunity to, to practice a mindfulness. And also, um, if you have someone else that lives in your house, you can sort of hack your brain and just make sure they see you doing the dishes and then you get maybe a little credit and then maybe you feel a little better about it and you get your dopamine. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Or just to, you know, be like Tom Nardone and just shotgun oatmeal from the package directly to the mouth. It, that's dry. <laughs> that's really dry. I, I, like, how well, do you do that? Well, I think he, he first puts some like water in his mouth and then he opens up the package and puts it, it and then he just swishes his mouth around. He made a video on it. It's pretty entertaining. Oh my God. <laughs> I love Tom, but I can't wrap my head around him. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like him so much because it's like, I don't fully get him. So it's like, it stimulates, Tom stimulates my brain. 
All right. Um, we are at 145, and I know that yep. somebody just asked, how much longer are you going? And uh, this is this is it. We are wrapping this up. Um, right. So really quickly, guys, for especially if you uh, often come to the Q&As, thank you for coming. You know, a big way that you could support ADHD Rewired is by uh, becoming a patron, uh, going to ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Um, I actually just posted, we're going to be doing a, a patrons only um, event on January 26th, 30th. I forgot, but you'll see it on the uh, Patreon page for uh, supporters at any amount, even just a dollar a month uh, will be invited uh, to that. So thank you for that. Um, and Brendan looks like he's about to say something because he's about to turn into a dad. Yeah. And people want to know um, how long the approval for the Facebook group is taking. So that's not a question. Brendan, you had to answer, ask that question. I was hoping that that would be avoided. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, okay. So we are, uh, so right now, as we're recording this, what are we at? December, or January 9th. So November 1st was the last time we uh, had a batch of people come through. Um, so Cassandra uh, Tower is helping me with this. Um, she's working through them. We have a lot of requests. Um, uh, I would say we are probably a week or two away from having a huge like exodus of people from the wait list. Um, we're going to part the sea and there's going to be more ADHD people coming into the community than I've ever been before. Um, so we are, we are closer than we are farther, if that answers your question. Um, that's also <laughs> one of the reasons why your support is really appreciated because Cassandra is helping me and I am paying her. Um, so, and, and clearly I need help with these things because we have, I think we have at least a hundred people right now in the wait list. So, uh, thanks wow. for your patience guys. I really appreciate it. And, uh, um, you know, part of it is because I do want to make sure that everyone who joins the community is uh, should be there and is a good fit for the community. Um, and that takes time. We uh, average somewhere between three to four minutes per person um, at screening. So um, uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. Cool. So thank and you. And before I bail, um, congratulations on 200. Thanks. And congratulations awesome. on the launch of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I think that is it for this episode. So we'll see you um, if you're listening to the podcast. We'll be back at you next month, every first or second, sorry, every second Tuesday of the month. So thank you uh, so much. And uh, that's a wrap. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content that you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Com. Support ADHD Rewired and help replenish our coaching group scholarship fund by becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. Different levels of support get different perks. You can give just a buck or three or five bucks a month or more. 
every little bit helps. And it's an awesome way for you to let me know that you value this show, the community, and everything else we do. That's patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube to see select interviews and other videos I've made. The ADHD Rewired community is now a secret group on Facebook, so that's one less reason to not just be a passive listener, but to be an active member of our community. Fill out our short screening form at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We screen everyone before they join. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities or on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone or even do it for them. And if you really love this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things you really can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on Stitcher or any other podcast app that supports and accepts ratings and reviews. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Need some ideas on where to start other than Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, Darren Greatly, Rising Strong, or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability? Then I would recommend The One Thing by Gary Keeler. Oh, and if you by any chance know Brene Brown, please let her know how grateful I am for all of her work and what she means to me and the ADHD community, and that she's welcome on my show anytime. And in the one in like 7 billion chance that Brene, you're listening, please come and be a guest. Thanks. This is Eric Tivers reminding you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. And no matter how hard it all feels... Remember, we can do hard things. Until next time.